Thank you, Mike. We've had quite a few words this morning, haven't we? Centred around things that are hard. You know, a lot of what's been shared is about discouraging things. And that really leads right into the start of of what I want to share today. Uh, And that is, when the crisis hits, not if the crisis hits... (laughs) But when the crisis, it's when we are in difficult circumstances, which route do we choose? You know, we can take the route of despair, or we can take the route of courage. I I love the word encouragement, and I think there's been some encouragement already this morning, but it's, if you see there on the the, uh, screen here, At the heart of encouragement is courage. Isn't it? The heart of encouragement is courage. To encourage means to give support in order to inspire with hope, courage or confidence. Do you need encouraging this morning? You have come to the right place. (laughs) You're You're in the right building. You're in the right room. You've come to the right seminar, as it were. So don't leave! And I want us to begin by looking at two encouraging individuals on a little film clip. One is a tortoise, and one is a triathlon. They both start with T, but they're a bit different. But anyway, just watch these encouraging creatures uh, encourage.
Johnny has to win and to be sure of taking the title. And right now he seems to have lost control of his legs. And this is worrying. Oh, and he's starting to slow. And there is a little way to go. There's half a K to go. And Johnny is running out of time and is losing... He's losing his sense of direction. This is worrying. Oh, goodness me. This is a horrible sight. Jonathan Brownlee has lost it now and has staggered to a stop at the side of the course. And Alistair's stopped to help him along. And Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Cozumel as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. Oh my God, I cannot believe what we are seeing here. Matt, is this allowed? Is he allowed to help his brother? You know, is that part of the rules? I'm not too sure. We've never seen anything like this before. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes in Cosimo. The Brownie brothers arm in arm. But it's not by way of celebration. Henry Schumann's celebrating. He's going to win this race in Cozumel out of nowhere. But we have to be concerned about the health of Jonathan Brownlee. And they're not even on the final stretch yet. Schumann wins in Cozumel. The brothers are coming home arm in arm to finish in second and third. But Johnny can hardly stand. And Alistair is having to drag him across the line and pushing him home. Pushing him home for second. Johnny finishes in second. Goodness me. What an incredible conclusion here in Cozumel. I've never seen anything like that anywhere in world sport. Worrying scenes all round. There are many examples of courage that we could look at from God's Word, the Bible. And uh, I'm just going to take one. It takes us back 3,000 years to the Middle East. And it's an example in the life of a guy called David. And, and the context of this event is really important. David uh, had been a shepherd boy. And uh, one day, a prophet came to his house and, and privately put some oil on him and said, you're going to be the next king. Now, there's a slight problem because there already was a king. King Saul. So David just continues life, but he has an opportunity to show his courage when a great big guy, a giant called Goliath, tries to intimidate his people and and David takes him out. David wins the battle with this guy. And then Saul is extremely jealous because David is becoming more popular than he is. So Saul is trying to kill David. And all his men are trying to kill David. This means that David has to leave his best friend Jonathan, who is the king's son. Then Samuel, the guy who anointed him, dies. 
you know, the, the circumstances of David's life are difficult. But men gather round him, he's a leader. And, and there are a group of men, ragtag bunch of men, who, who become fighting men for him. And they're great men who've been willing to die for David. But then something happens. And this is where I'm going to pick up this story. He's been away with his, his men. And then they come back to their home base. And I want to read for you from 1 Samuel 30. David and his men reach Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They had attacked Ziglag and burned it and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them but carried them off and went on their way. When David and his men came home to Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinom of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. And then comes a but. That little three-letter word is an incredible word, isn't it? But. David found strength, or it could be translated, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abithar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abithar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party and overtake them? Pursue them, he answered, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And then if we go to verse 18, we find the result. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. David lost everything. He, he lost everything. He lost his wives, he lost his family, he lost his home, and the men were talking about Killing him. doesn't get much worse than that, does it? You might have had a bad week. But I don't think your week's been as bad as this. If ever there was a guy who had reason to suffer the poms, I don't even know what the poms are, poor old me syndrome. Poor old me. We've all been there, haven't we? Well, I have anyway, you might not, but... 
Look at it. The, the vision of being king, it wasn't realised. Saul was trying to kill him and his men. His best friend lost everything gone. And now his men are saying, we've had enough of you, David. We want to kill you. It would have been so easy for David to say, just, just do it. Just do it. I've had enough. Go on, kill me. We live in a society where people feel like that. Feel despair. Feel that the circumstances of life have crushed them. But David doesn't choose the route of despair. He chooses the route of courage. We have a choice this morning. We are not victims with no choice. We can choose. So where is he going to get this courage from? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Or translated in the NIV, David found strength in the Lord his God. It's exactly the same thing. See, the, the source of our courage is really important. Really important. I can't overemphasize that this morning, that the source of our courage is of utmost importance. One of the descriptions of God, one of his characteristics is goodness. God is good. David wrote in Psalm 86, verse 5, You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love. You are forgiving and good. Peter, a first century follower of Jesus Christ, wrote, You have tasted that the Lord is good. When we take courage from the Lord God Almighty, we are receiving good courage because He is good. You see, not all courage is good. There's some very bad courage around. You see, it takes courage to strap a suicide belt around your waist. It takes courage to detonate it, blowing yourself up and others as well. But it is not good courage. It is evil courage because it comes from an evil source. I've stood in the street in Oxford where in the 17th century two men were burned at the stake for their belief in Jesus Christ and the Bible. And I just want you to try and imagine this. Imagine that you and your friend have been tied to a wooden post and a bonfire has been prepared at your feet and you know that somebody's going to light the bonfire. What would you say to your friend? Well, this is what Latimer said to Ridley, and I've missed out the PowerPoint so far, so I'm really sorry about that. So I, sh- I didn't keep up. So if you would like to just move to the PowerPoint with Lati- uh, Ridley and Latimer. And this is what he says. Be of good comfort, or be of good courage, 
Mr. Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust never shall be put out. He is encouraging his brother. The circumstances are dire, aren't they? But they receive courage from God. These men died well. They died well. Horrendously, but with great courage. The very first Christian martyr was a guy called Stephen in the first century. And the the people killed him by throwing rocks at him. You know, as that was happening, Stephen prayed a prayer. And his prayer was, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried these words, his last words. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now that is courage, isn't it? What a man of courage. In that picture we see evil courage, the courage to pick up a rock and throw it at a man. And we see good courage as Stephen forgives those who throw the rocks and dies in peace. He dies in peace because he knew that this is just the vehicle This body is just the vehicle. And inside is the real me, the spirit. And inside you is the real you, your spirit. And he knew that his spirit was going to be with Jesus Christ. He had no doubt about that. Because just before they started throwing the rocks, he had a vision. And in the vision, he saw this and he He spoke it out loud. He said, I see heaven open and Jesus standing at the right hand of Father God. Stephen got his courage from his God. So we return right back to David. David wrote some of God's word. (laughs) Wrote some of the Psalms. And in that Psalm... One of the Psalms, he said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Just take the the slide off, please. Um, I've borrowed a torch off Philip because mine's packed. (laughs) Couldn't find it. But these are handy things, aren't they? If, If you're in the dark, these are really handy things. So, just put it blank, please. So, I want you to imagine that that verse. So, your word is a light. It is a light unto my feet. See, I want to know where my next foot's going. I, I want to know if there's a dirty great big pothole there. So, I need to know now. I need to know today. I, I need, in this crisis that I'm in right now, I need to know something, God. I need you to speak. Now, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light 
to my path. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know the destination. I need to know what's up ahead. That's so important. And that's what you do with a torch. You shine it down at your feet, your current situation. And what does God say to you and me today? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So whatever your circumstance today, I can guarantee you, because God says, nothing, nothing, no exceptions, nothing can separate you and me from his love. You shine the the, the destination, what's the destination? Jesus said to his followers, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to take you to be with me where I am. Death is not the end. Your spirit is not going to die. It's going to live on. Jesus is preparing a place for his followers. That's the destination. Shine it down again. If God be for us, who can be against us? In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The maximum that man can do to me is to kill the body. But he cannot touch the spirit. Shine it ahead. And I'm going to read this because... I absolutely love Revelation. The last book of the Bible, it's the end of the earth chapter and the beginning of the great chapter. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them and they will be his people, and God himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Hallelujah! No more death! Or mourning. No more gut-wrenching, deep, deep pain of loss of a loved one that is beyond words. No more crying. No more pain. Some of you know what it is to suffer great pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. What a future. Perfection. You walk into your new house and you think, wow, how did God know everything that I like? (laughs) How did he know the colours? How did he know the picture? How did he know what? I, I just love it! He knows. He knows. So David is, is faced with this huge pothole in front of him. The circumstances of his life, this massive crisis. But he didn't fall into the pit of despair, of discouragement, of desire to die. He shone the light of who God is. And it's interesting, he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. 
the Lord God Almighty. You know, God's got enough strength for you, and for me, and for everybody else. He is almighty. David looked at God, and he took courage from God. It was a takeaway. He made the order, and he took it. Then he said, God, what should I do? It's really interesting, isn't it? When he got the courage, he could then say, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, go after them and you'll get everything back. David got courage from the Lord. Where did David's men get courage from? David. They didn't get courage directly from the Lord. They got their courage from David, you see, David is now full of courage. He is a man of courage, and they receive courage from him, from being alongside David. David encouraged his men. Who you are alongside is of absolute critical importance. Who you are alongside is of absolute critical importance importance. Because when you are in a mess, when you are in a crisis, you don't want somebody pulling you down into fear and despair. You want somebody lifting you up into courage. Don't you? Who we are with will result in fear or courage. I would say choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. They have the power to bring you down. Or the power to lift you up. The greatest friend that we have on planet Earth is a person called the Holy Spirit. He is God equal with the Father and the Son, but he is the greatest person on earth that we can know. We began with those brilliant clips, didn't we? I I loved the tortoise, didn't you? I loved it, but that is, there's so much truth in there. You see, the tortoise turned his friend the right side up. The Holy Spirit wants to come and turn you the right side up. So when you remember the tortoise clip, I hope you do, because it's good, I want you to think about the Holy Spirit wanting to to, to flip you the right side up. Because that is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do with every single person on the planet. That's his heart. The Bible was, was written in the Greek language, and one of the words that is used to describe the Holy Spirit is paraclete. And when you, the literal interpretation of that word is one called alongside. We had the clip of the Brownlee brothers, didn't we? Famous triathlon runners from Leeds. Yeah. I'm a Leeds United fan, so great, great place. So they're the Brownlee brothers. You know, one came alongside the other so that he could make it. 
He was about to fall, wasn't he? And the other one put an arm around him and got him over the finish line. The Holy Spirit is here to put an arm around you and to put an arm around me and get us over the finish line. There are times when we stagger. There are times when we stumble. There are times when we just had enough and want to pack it in. But the Holy Spirit comes alongside and he says, come on, come on, come on. Loved it at the end where the Brownlee brother pushed him over the line. <laughs> and I wonder if some of us, the Holy Spirit's going to push us over the line into heaven and say, yeah, there you are. <sighs> That's one less. <laughs> See, the destiny is heaven. Jesus is preparing it for us. The Holy Spirit is 100% committed to getting you there. The Holy Spirit reveals who God is. And in closing, this is what the Holy Spirit reveals about God. It's, I could have picked loads and loads of scriptures. It's the one with the rock on. Um, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress I will never be shaken. David is saying, you know, I've been some through tough times, but I'm going to stick hold of the rock. I'm going to stay hold of God. I'm going to get courage from God. I'm not going to pack in. And he didn't have the Holy Spirit in the same way that we do. Yes, he, he did have the Spirit come on him, but we've got the Spirit within us. And so the Holy Spirit is taking us through. So this morning... Take good courage. Don't take bad courage. Please, please do not take bad courage. You'll do some evil things. You'll do some very evil things. Take good courage. From God. From other people who know God. didn't intend to say this, but when I went through the deep, deep pains of bereavement, I took courage from those around me. There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. There are moments in our lives when we are weak. And we're fools if we deny it. And in those times... We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord, but we need to allow others to encourage us as well. There's a, a prayer team that are going to be here in a few moments, and, and they will be here to pray with you. You know people that are here, that uh, maybe your friends or relatives or whatever, then you might want to go to one of them. But if you need courage today, we know the source of good courage. It is God. It is God's people. So be encouraged.